Welcome to day 361 of uh, Shaped by the Word. We're coming to our final two days of this season. Uh, looking forward to a new season. Uh, reading through the Bible, we're going to do the biblical story from Genesis all the way to right back here. So where we end this year will be where we end uh, next year. But we'll do it in, in kind of a different perspective as we tell the story you know, from beginning to end. And, and so the story does actually end mm-hmm. you know where it began it, it, it uh, ends in a garden paradise which god has created for us and given us so that we might live there in, in fellowship with him and, and of course that is the end of the story with a new heaven and a new earth that the world is ultimately you know set right and so a couple of days we ago we read two hard chapters and cindy said those are difficult pat you know <laughs> chapters you know, to yes. look at this is probably one of the more beautiful chapters in all of Scripture mm-hmm. uh, as we come to. So before we read, David, why don't you, uh, uh, why don't you uh, offer this moment and offer uh, ourselves to the Lord? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, we do, as we uh, turn now to your Scriptures, um, we thank you so much for your Word. And thank you so much for the hope that they give us here today. Um, Father, may we, uh, along with all your people across the globe long for this wonderful day um, when everything will be made right and redeemed and restored and we will be your people and you will be our God and we'll dwell with you and you with us. And so, Father, thank you for the great hope um, that scriptures give us. Um, may you now, um, in your grace and in your mercy, um, renew and restore our affections for you. Help us to behold wonderful things in your word. We ask you this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, they'll be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God shown with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and with the twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. 
He measured the city with its rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and high as it is long. The angel measured the wall using a human measurement, and it was 144 cubits thick. The wall was made of jasper and the city of, and, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. Foundation of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. First foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great um, street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I do not see a temple in the city because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light and the lamp, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Um, so much better image there, Cindy. You liking this one? Uh, what, are, what are some of the things that uh, stand out to you so uh, as you look at it? Oh, goodness. Well, I do appreciate just the, um, I don't know, the mood or just the, the presence um, of God in, in this place, but well, there is no longer, um, you know, tears. There's no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of the things that's passed away. So, you know, a place that um, is perfect, um, that is in the presence of God's holiness. So His holiness will reign, but there's no sin, uh, anything that would cause us grief, you know, or to mourn or to cry, no pain. So, right. It's, uh, Pretty, um, yeah, the absence, perfect. the absence of pain and tears, of course, you know, coincides with the absence of sin. You know, mm-hmm. everything that's you know holy, uh, right. you know, and pure. Uh, you have another, you know, one of these things that's you know reminiscent of what happens in chapter four, uh, whenever John is you know uh, told to you know behold, uh, uh, look and to see the line mm-hmm. of Judah, and he turns around and he sees a lamb, and uh, he is taken up on a great mountain to see the bride of Christ. And in seeing the bride of Christ, it instantly becomes a new city. And, and of course, the city is uh, unique in its measurements. Uh, mm-hmm. You know uh, uh, that it's you know that it's a perfect square, which reminds us, you know, of the holy of holies, which was one place. It was a perfect you know square, you know, in uh, you know in the tabernacle and both in the temple, mm-hmm. and, and the way that it was structured. But you have this you know beautiful kind of image that uh, you. Uh, you look for a bride, you see a city, and the city itself, you know, becomes a holy place. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, reminiscent of God's promises, you know, from the very beginning to Israel, that his purposes were to dwell among them so that they would be his people and he would be their God, and they would live and thrive under his blessing. And so mm-hmm. this has finally been fulfilled, mm-hmm. you know, in the new heavens and the new earth. And, and so these images, you know, are images, you know, like I said, the bride of Christ, of course, is his people. Yeah. And uh, his people are his city, and mm-hmm. his city is his holy place. Mm-hmm. And I love that when he's begins kind of describing the city in verse kind of 9 through 14, he starts talking about, you know, the, the 12 gates and the three gates to the north, three to the east, three to the south, three to the west, yeah. kind of just that number 12 coming together, that these gates are 
opened up to all the people of God, right, as they come in. <laughs> people from every see, nation, tribe, and tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just and, a, um, how cool is that? I mean, yeah. so often we just think about it, oh, like in America, but I mean, God's at work across our whole globe, right? And he's mm-hmm. calling men and women or, everywhere. Or, or we can think about yeah. it as just in you know, Jerusalem, yeah. uh, you know, or, mm-hmm. or anything like But that is, you know, the beauty of this is God has, in his creativity, you know, created a world with a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, diversity, and he's redeemed the world, you know, with a, a lot of diversity. And you, you have to like the twelves, the twelve, the twelve gates, you know, the twelve tribes of Judah, and uh, you know, twelve, you know, foundations, the twelve, uh, you know, the twelve apostles. You bring together the whole people of God, and even when you have those foundations, you have these precious stones, and you're reminded, mm-hmm. you know, that the priest, you know, in the uh, in the Old Testament tabernacle would carry into the presence of God, you know, these precious stones that represented each of the tribes of Israel, mm-hmm. representing that God had his people on his on his heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, every t- you know, the priest had God's people in his heart every time he went in the presence of God. And here, this city represents the fact that uh, God's people are on his heart. Mm-hmm. And of course, there, there's, there's no, you know, there is no need, you know, for a temple here because mm-hmm. the, temp- the reality of the temple has been realized, God's presence with his people. No barriers, no screens, no walls, mm-hmm. nothing, you know, separating us you know, from God. And I uh, need no sun or moon because uh, God's glory himself illuminates us. Mm-hmm. And the Lamb is... And the Lamb are its temple. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and the glory of God illuminates it, and and, and Christ is His lamp, which is, you know, kind of a you know a great picture again of creation. That uh, you know we were created as a reflection of you know God's you know God's glory, and of course the ultimate expression of God's glory is what we see in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you say you see Him as you know as the lamp, which is uh, the the mission and the, and the purpose of humanity mm. to be a reflection of God's glory in this world as well. I also love in verse 6 where he said to me, you know, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. You know, obviously we see Christ speaking of this throughout the Gospels and then just to see again just the ultimate satisfaction that Christ provides for his people in these streams of, of living water. Yeah, you know. it's a, so many images on that. You, mm-hmm. you go all the way back, you know, mm-hmm. to Jeremiah, where Jeremiah says, "My people have, you know, committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, mm-hmm. uh, broken cisterns that'll never hold water. And uh, we have rejected the nourishing life of, of mm-hmm. God for the things of this world, and the things of this world ultimately, you know, will not satisfy. And of course, you have." You know, Jesus sitting outside the well of Sychar talking, you know, to you know, a woman mm-hmm. saying, you know, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, John reminds us that he was talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, which he would later give those who believe in him, which is the gift of his, mm-hmm. you know, presence, his presence with us. And finally, it's fully realized that we're deeply nourished and refreshed in the, in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I know we have lots of water and spring and streams references, but I am curious about the fact that this this place will have no sea. So I was wondering. If you no, could that's a that's speak a good that. you know, that's a good observation. And 
uh, you know, most of the images of chaos, and, and of course, it's been true in the Book of Revelation, mm-hmm. the beast right. coming up out of you know out of the sea, in mm-hmm. uh, Israel, you know, in in the storytelling in Israel, you know, the sea is a great representation, you know, of of chaos, and of you know of of, of power. So you have. You know a lot of you know a lot of images of when God creates what what He does is He separates, mm. you know, the sea and gives us a place which is, you know, out of you know out of chaos. And of course, you even have the images, you know, of Jesus calming the sea, mm. uh, you know, which are you know huge images there. And uh, of course, you have you know the image of Jonah, you know, and the, and the sea in tumult. And of course, when mm. things are right with God, the sea is at peace as well. Uh, and, and so there is no more chaos, no more tumult, no more fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of no, it's so beautiful image. how the scriptures, yeah. as we talk about all the time, and as we, we, many of us have just discovered even lately, just the beauty of the biblical narrative and how it all ties together and how it all fits together and isn't just what we might have thought it was these disconnected stories, but no. beautiful and rich, and obviously all pointing to Jesus. And and these these stories are so deeply embedded in in their culture that they're they're, they're part of every they're, they're part of their worldview. That's how they they think they think in terms of creation mm-hmm. and recreation. They think in terms of God's promises, you know, to restore and, and to conquer and to usher in peace and to mm-hmm. renew all things. And so these are a deep part of their story. And of course, they're ultimately. You know, fulfilled in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Just a great reminder, too, in, in verse 5, you know, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and yeah. true. That, that call to, to trust in Christ and to believe his word and to not just be kind of like, I mean, it's easy to be so disconnected from the word and nonchalant about the word and just it's there and I'll read it if I want but he wants us to to deeply love his word and to trust it and to believe it and and so I love how he gives us those reassurances here we stayed in a house in uh, Nashville that uh, you know actually made it on one of those you know shows or renovation Mm -hmm. shows of how they took an old worn down house and they restored it and you know added some creative touches that weren't even part of you know the original the original plan and and uh, you know built a beautiful home out of something that was run down and shabby and broken and of course that's what god is doing with creation you know creation has been long long abused and it's been in rebellion against us because we are in rebellion against god and of course that's a longing that you have you know in in, in uh, Romans chapter 8 that even creation itself has been groaning you know since the time he subjected it to frustration in the hope that we would one day be redeemed and, and of course redemption is not simply for us redemption is the making of all things mm-hmm. you know new mm-hmm. and uh, what a perfect you know, end to that Cindy why don't you close us with a word for sure prayer? Father we um, take great comfort from hearing you say that you are the Alpha and the Omega you are the beginning and the end and Father we're comforted that you are making all things new and Father we even myself more comforted that you are making um, my very heart um, new Lord that you are doing that work in each of us so Father thank you for um, these images thank you for the promises and thank you for all that we look forward to Father as we place our faith and our trust in you and the work that you're accomplishing. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.